Welcome to The Walking OG, Tribal Rant's unofficial podcast for the popular long-running series The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Michelle. And I'm Mike. And tonight we're podcasting Season 6, Episode 7, Heads Up. Heads Up. So, Mike, we found out about Glenn. Should be Balloons Up, shouldn't it? It should be Balloons Up. Balloons Up. What do you think the Heads Up was? Um, the Balloons? Watch end. out for the falling tower. Watch out for the falling tower, yeah. or everybody looked up because everybody of the balloon. Looked up. Yeah, that's probably it. No, I don't know. I think you're right. No, I think you're right. No, I think you're right. Well, you don't hear this a lot, so you should just revel in it. I think <laughs> Roll you're with right. It. Now, yeah. um, okay. We found out about Glenn. Thank goodness they finally After found weeks and weeks and weeks, how did you feel about finding out about him? I uh, felt really good about it. You did? Yeah. I was a little annoyed about it. It was almost anticlimactic. You know, Why? I mean, well, it just waited so long to let us know. That's what they do. Called a um, extended cliffhanger. Yeah. I just made that up. It's not. Did you? <laughs> it's, um, I don't know. I just, I, I, I wasn't. Of course, I wanted Glenn to be alive, and I was happy to see Glenn, but... Who doesn't love balloons? Well, right, and green balloons at that. Mm-hmm. But it was just, I don't know, they expect us to buy all this stuff, and I just don't know how we're supposed to buy it all, right? They, um... We've only got so many emotional quarters. What do you mean we only have so many emotional quarters? To buy things. Oh. Get it? But up, but. Yep. I'll be here all week. But, but Glenn is—it's just really just the beginning of everything that they ask us to buy in this episode. It was like um, Enid, for example, out there on her own, taking care of herself. For what purpose? Why is she out there on her own? Why does she do that? Why? Why would she do that? That's just kind of—I don't know. Just—it's—it's a little bit far-fetched. I don't know if it's a whole lot to buy, but she happened to be right there at Glenn's rebirth. She happened to be in the spot to see Glenn walk out from underneath the, or slither out from underneath the dumpster. Yeah. She happened to be there. Yeah, it seems a little Out of everything. That's that's a big thing to buy. Then we've got Deanna. What do you think about Deanna in all this? She's got her second wind. Is it her second wind or has she lost her mind? Because Suddenly she's wild-eyed. Her hair is frizzy, and she show they're they're surrounded by walkers, and she has this big plan of planting corn mm-hmm. and wheat. It's just and like barley. She's, it, it, well, we gotta have barley, but it's like she's just um, lost touch, right? Yeah. And how could she have? governed these people for this long and then suddenly Rick and the gang get there and she loses touch. Mm. I mean, I understand she lost her husband and everything and that's a really big deal and she went through all that trauma and everything. She lost touch. She lost her hair hair conditioner. She she lost a lot of stuff. Yeah. But I just think that's, that's a lot to ask us to buy. Suddenly, she just is wanting to plant barley while they're under siege. Um, I know Spencer has, has been shown to be reckless, but are we supposed to believe that he was that reckless? He suddenly wants to ninja himself, and well, that's not so far fetched. No, he just thought it would work. Here's what here's what's hard to buy: that nobody heard that grappling hook hit that tin roof a- across the way. 
As they're but all standing up there were, watching uh, everything. They were a few feet away. They look up when they see him going across. Everybody, you could you would have heard that for a long way off. And it would have been very loud, and he wouldn't have gotten it at the first uh, toss either. Well, right. I mean, you wouldn't think he would, would you? No, but, I mean, throwing it over there and hitting the 10, that's going to be loud. That's going to be very loud. And uh, all and Rick had to say was, hey, Tara, start shooting, or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it was just that. that that's a good point, too. But um, That was hard to buy. Yeah. I mean, there there were several things in this that were just hard for me to buy. Um, they have been inspecting this wall for how long? And right outside the wall, like, literally, you could spit and hit this decaying building. Now, were the walkers supposed to be knocking this building down? Because I didn't see anything It looked about like it that. was just naturally falling apart. And then, also, with them building the wall and going around the wall and... And inspecting every aspect of the wall. Every aspect of the wall. They're showing boards falling off this thing about every 15 seconds. You would think somebody would have noticed that. Right. And and they're not just falling off. They're like popping. It's like this explosion of broken, broken wood and pieces of wood flying everywhere. And it's not like they've got... MTV turned up too loud or whatever, yeah. you know. I mean, it's it's not like they have a lot of noise uh, as far as entertainment noise yeah. in there. Yeah, so we agree that they would have noticed the I don't know. building I was, falling apart. It could have just been me, and I could just be in that kind of mood, but it just seemed like that they were really expecting us to buy a whole bunch of stuff with this one. And, you know, I really wanted to see a good story and a good story out of that with Glenn and everything so I'm I don't know I'm a little bit I'm a little bit annoyed that it took so long to get back to us on Glenn and all the rumors and how hard it would have been for us to have assumed that Glenn died considering he wasn't on the talking dead and all that I don't know I don't know I just mm-hmm. wasn't my favorite as far as that went but here we are here we are and I still love the show. I'm still a fan, but I'm just annoyed that yeah. The Walking Dead's not one of the smartest TV shows. I mean, it's not. It's good. It's a good TV show, but it's not one of those TV shows that you really have to study and all that kind of stuff. For the most part, it's an entertainment show. I don't know that they should assume that we're that stupid. I don't know, you know, we've kind of talked about it before, how much, because we're watching a zombie apocalypse show, so they already know that we're willing to suspend reality to some point, right? But it's like they take advantage of that, and they want to keep suspending reality in ways that, that, it's almost insulting, I think. You know, they don't hear the building creaking out there. Now, if the zombies were pushing it over or something, and they were inside, they didn't give any indication of anything like that. So, hmm. I don't know. Okay, well, we'll just get going. Uh, we start out, and it's Glenn. You see what happened with Glenn and Nicholas? Nicholas is getting eaten on top of Glenn. Right. Yeah. And they didn't go after Glenn's legs or anything the way yeah, Nicholas was yeah. laying on top of him. Well, now, in fairness... When somebody falls over, they don't normally go after their legs. You're right. But they, don't. they do bite you. On, they won't. They don't hesitate to bite you on the leg if that's all they can reach. The leg, the arm. Yeah. 
There's some backbiting zombies too. Yeah, and in Z like Nation, they're cheek biting zombies. We're not talking. We're about not. Them. Okay. But um, we see what he went through, and then we see how he got underneath the dumpster. Yes. And I gotta tell you, that made me a little bit claustrophobic. Can you imagine being underneath that dumpster with that dumpster literally like an inch or so? If Glenn had had a couple more biscuits that day, yeah, that would have been the end of Glenn. Yeah, but he's from Georgia, so maybe we know he eats pizza, right? He's underneath there, though, and we see Nicholas's dead eyes staring at him. Yeah, and that's another thing. I Wouldn't they have taken a, maybe a bigger lunch break on top of Nicholas? You would think. I mean... I mean, they were all around him. They were all just... I mean, all those zombies, they were reaching for both of them, as, and, and they fell off. And So here's the prize right in front of them, and they just eat a little bit and walk away. And... And what caused them to walk away? They were just done? They were just full at the Nicholas Buffet or what? I thought the air horn went well, off. No, remember they said they heard the air horn. Remember Glenn and Nicholas? Oh, you're he, right. Yeah, they heard right. it. And then they were on, then after the air horn, they were on the thing. So the air horn certainly didn't make them walk away because right. that was over. You're right. That event was over. Yeah, he, he mentioned the air horn. That's why I had that in my mind. Yeah, but. I thought that too at first. And he mentioned the air horn. And um, so... I don't know why they would they would walk away like they were just done. I don't know. Maybe they thought it was over. They couldn't and get the plan. They're not as apt to walk away when they're still like if the zombies are after you. It's more than like two or three of them under the edge of the dumpster that you kill. Maybe I don't know. I mean, if he successfully eluded them and laid still while you know the rest of them were walking around. Of course, you never see a zombie. You know, getting down on its hands and knees and looking up under well, something. That's a good point. So. But at the same time, I assume that we're to assume that he killed enough zombies around the dumpster, right? To create that barrier, almost. Yeah. Because there was like a barrier of well, dead zombies. There's a zombies few of them reaching in, trying to get him. And, and he was killing them. Yeah, he was sticking I mean, that's them. perfect. That yeah. would be a perfect blockage, you yeah. know. Because like you said, the zombies aren't going to reach, you know, grab their zombie buddy that no, lost his life. No, zombie flashlight and go looking for Glenn. Right. No. But we assume he was there a good long time, like overnight or something. Because he's really thirsty when he got out of there. Right. And the zombies leave, and I wrote down, because they hear something, and then later on when we watched it again, I thought it might have been that you were right about the air horn, but they acted like they heard something. They did. And so they took off, but I don't know that they ever made that really clear. But Glenn comes out, and he's thirsty, and this is where, you know, Enid, she's there, she throws him a water bottle. He's disoriented, he's dehydrated, he has... Yeah, well, I mean, she throws it, and then she's like, I don't know. Well, I told you heads up, and just it's like I don't, it's silliness. It was so maybe that's the heads up. That's it. I'm throwing the water bottle. I guess that is it. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of heads up then. There's a lot of heads up. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Glenn goes inside and he finds her there, and she's just like in the middle of the store. Yeah, it's a store, but it's just like the middle of this town out there, right? They're a couple miles away. I guess. Now, what kind of store is that? Anyway, there's all kinds of crap sitting around. It's I don't like a know. cluttered it's like a, nightmare. Yeah. Some cat lady used to live in there. Some <laughs> had a, all kinds of stuff just stacked up to the ceilings. I mean, well, maybe maybe that's what Enid had done. 
in there. Maybe that wasn't. No. No, you don't think maybe no, she had... No, that kid didn't put all that stuff Okay, here. I thought the stuff around the window was stuff maybe she had stacked up to maybe, hear something if they came in. Maybe or that. Or maybe somebody else. But but not the, the whole store full of crap. She hadn't been out there long enough to put all that stuff in here. I think that this is where she was escaping to every time she left, maybe. I don't think this was well, like a new a, thing for her. Well, that's a good theory, maybe. But it's know. just awfully coincidental that yeah, it's that exactly ends up underneath the dumpster outside, yeah. where she was. And, you know, if that were true, you would think Enid could have, like, maybe, you know, blown a whistle or, you know, dropped a balloon or threw a rock in another direction or something. A firecracker to, or something. To drag the zombies in another yeah. direction when they're yeah. out there with him if she knew he was there. I don't yeah. know. I just thought that was Kind of, kind of a big pill to swallow. Uh, Glenn asked the hidden Enid what happened to Alexandria. She's she's hidden, and you don't see her. You just hear her voice. Yeah. Why would she hide people from him? People came, him? people did it, and then and then the little wench won't tell him when he says, "What about my wife? Is she alive?" And she's just silent. I would have choked her little ass when I caught her. I think she was just gone at that point. I don't think okay. she was deliberately doing that. You're I think she had right. left. Yeah, I think you're right. But I don't know. That pissed me off. Yeah, that was, I mean, it was bad. It was ridiculous. It was like drama, you know. She's she's in there. Exactly. And, and she's hiding. She won't, so she threw a water bottle to him to let him know she was there. And then she hides and she answers these questions in a, in, in this, People live, people die, kind of way that we kind of complained about a time or two. And but Enid tells him it was just people, it was the people, and you should go. And that's when he asks if Maggie was okay, and she won't answer him. And he goes running out, but he can't find her. She's already gone. And then we go into the intro. And I know here we're supposed to be going, oh Glenn, Glenn, I'm so glad you're okay. And I was glad Glenn was okay. I would have, but. They went too far with showing Glenn dying. And I knew I wouldn't like it either way. And I wonder how other people feel, if other people feel the same way about that. Because I just love love that he's there. Hate how they did that. We come back and Rick wants to talk to Morgan later. Yeah. And Rick finds the blood on the fence. So, okay, I was completely wrong about the blood coming from up high, right? Right. You were right. You said you thought it was the zombies pressing up against the fence. So, that, that's just, that seems kind of weird. They're just like oozing up against, if that's true, then wouldn't it stand to reason that the whole outside of that fence is going to be nothing but a bloody, drippy mess? Or are we to believe that just this one place where there's a hole is where the bloody zombie came up? No, it's the... Impressive. But, it, but it's not, because we see in Spencer... In many, many places, yeah. Yeah, but we see Spencer fall up against the wall later on, and yeah. it's not bloody. You don't see splotches of gore and blood and stuff like that up up against it. Yeah. So I don't understand why we got this one little bloody, and it continues to drip, this little bloody, drippy hole. Well, he's found a couple of them, I think. Has he? Is that what they're trying to show us? Okay. Uh, Rick sees Maggie on the lookout and says she doesn't have to be up there so much, but Maggie is, you know, real dramatic, and you would be. I mean, I'm going to have to give that one a pause. What do you think? Yeah, she's looking looking for Glenn. Right. And Rick says that they've come back from harder things and that he'll be back, but they need to figure out how to lead the walkers away. So Abraham, Sasha, 
Glenn, Nicholas, and Daryl can all just walk back in. Exactly. Maggie says that Judith is growing up to look like Lori, and that makes her happy. Of course, I mean she's just <sighs> well, she's you know she's she's a pregnant girl. We got to yeah. we got to give her a pass. She's a pregnant girl. She's looking at a baby, and I was thinking too when I'm sitting there watching her. Can you imagine really and truly a more horrifying time to be pregnant and going through all the pregnant stuff and nope, no one. You know, and zombies like to eat your abdomen if they get a hold of it. Yeah, I thought zombies wanted brains. Yeah, that's what I thought. Not guts. Well, I guess that's a we're, we're confusing them with like a Rob Zombie zombie or um, you know different different yeah. genre of zombies. But yeah, because yeah. we're not seeing these do any kind of head biting, are we? I don't guess we ever have. No, they're not. None of them. All the heads are usually intact. I don't understand why they would want like colon. That's like the part that you take out of everything. Chitlins, you? man. Come on, chitlins. Oh. Okay. They're southern zombies. Sorry. Where You're, did you? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We go to Glenn, and he sees the guy who had wrote the note to his wife, Betsy, that we talked about before that Michonne had promised she'd take the note to. I can't remember his name. Um, but he got bit when they were out this season. And and he wrote a note and she's like, you don't need that. You can go back and tell her everything you want to tell her because he was saying that she made his life worth living and all that. And don't make me break into song. I, <laughs> <laughs> and Glenn finds him, okay, okay, here, here I'm going to give a, a kudo. What about that eyeball stuck to the... That was pretty good. That whole little scene was filmed pretty good when they um, when they showed Glenn sitting there looking at the note and reading the note. They had the zombie after after Glenn had had killed the his his former buddy who now turned zombie with eyeball stuck to the fence. That, I like that shot. That that they, they had some really good camera shots in this in this show. They. Uh, where they're pulling Spencer back up was really is particularly good, and then mm-hmm. uh, this one here where they put the camera on the other side of the fence and they were filming the zombie, the dead zombie in the foreground, and Glenn uh, away, away from him, you know, further back. It was really a great um, it was cinematography. Just a, it was just a great shot. Yeah, they they do that a lot of times, and yeah, they they have some really good uh, camera work. See that go along with the gore. I love it when they're able to do the gore well, and they have. And well, they also do. I was thinking about that this afternoon. The um, the um, the nastiness and the soiled look on all the survivors all the time. They all look, I mean, authentically dirty and greasy and unshowered and. Nasty, right? And they look like they've been rolling around in it blood looks real. or wrestling with so what, what we would, you know, as far as we can get without actually having experienced what sure. uh, an apocalypse. But it looks like what we would imagine they would they would look like as sure. far as we can, you know, we buy that. I do buy it. I, I do buy it. And this year in particular, I know that there's been great gore zombie stuff um, in previous years. The burning zombies come to mind and stuff like that. But this year, I just think they have outdone themselves with 
I, I mean, the sewer zombie. The sewer zombie was one of the coolest zombies I've ever seen in my life. Was great, and also the uh, walking moss-covered zombie. The moss-covered. That was after Daryl yeah. and the last one. Yeah, that was really, really good zombie. It yeah. was a good zombie. Yeah, you know, lots of detail. Yeah, and this eyeball zombie. That was another one that was going to stick with me for a while. I'm not. Well, really so many of these zombie movies get some um, some white face paint and put some circles around their eyes. And put a little bit of blood around their mouth and turn them loose. You know? I wonder if they're trying to be comical, though. Because sometimes these zombies almost make you want to laugh. Which I really like in these high drama cases when you see something that is scary. Because it is still scary, but it kind of breaks the tension of it. Because These are maybe really, they, really good zombies. I think they're good. I think they they're are. about the best I've seen. Yeah. And I have seen some zombies. You've seen... I've seen some zombies. What would make the eyeball stick to the fence like that? It's not cold. It's not like a tongue to a fence, you know? wonder what would cause that. It's, I don't know. I guess... I don't know. His eyeball was wounded, and, and, and that's where it died. I don't know, but, but they get a pass, because that was so good. See, if, if they do things really good... You give them a pass. I'll give them a pass. There's some things that I can overlook, just okay. because it's done so, so well. From here, for here ever after, we'll rate things... Give them a pass, don't give them a pass. Great. Or buy it, don't buy it. Okay. Okay. I like the pass. Okay. Let's do give them a pass or do, or they don't get a pass for that one. Because that's a good one. Okay. Those things? Yes. Okay. Then we go to Rick, who's uh, walking Ron and Carl for shooting lessons. They're evidently going to teach Ron how to shoot, or Rick's going to teach Ron how to shoot now. And they pass Gabriel, who's putting up notes about a prayer meeting by the solar <laughs> panels. And Rick pulled them back. <laughs> Rick's being mean. Why would he do that to Father Gabriel? He still doesn't like him, right? He's still yeah. upset with him. Yeah, he's still, oh, well, obviously, yeah. <laughs> and Father Gabriel just... And Carl says, Dad, Dad, you're embarrassing me, Dad. <laughs> I've heard that before. So, buy it or don't buy it? Uh, buy it. Oh, I buy it, too. Yeah, they get a pass. <laughs> no, there, we there, should maybe no just have one. Let's say buy it or don't buy it. You won't buy it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but Ron wants to practice firing a gun, but Rick says it's not a good idea. They go through all the things, and Carl's sitting there telling him he's going to be scared and yeah. all this other kind of stuff. But I mean, but then the kid, he really wants some bullets. But the advice was good. Everything Rick was saying was good advice, and Carl going along with it was good advice. Everything about it was good advice, and I wanted to believe that Ron was going to do the right thing. I wanted to believe that Ron had was was coming around and was going to be Carl's friend. I didn't buy it from the beginning. You didn't Well, I, I haven't. And I don't buy it that Rick uh, would, would just buy suddenly, it. yeah, just suddenly want to give this kid a gun. I don't. Well, he didn't too, give it's him. It's been too soon. Yeah, but you don't give him bullets. And I mean, no, you know, he's not supposed to have a way to get him. Uh, so, no, I mean, he wants the people in there armed. And Ron's pretty good with at least verbalizing that he's going to do what he wants, you know, what Rick mm -hmm. wants him to do, but but Ron does want to practice firing the gun, but Rick says it's not a good idea because the walkers are all around him. You don't want to draw him to one place. The wall won't withstand it and all that. So we have figured out that evidently the walkers are all the way around Alexander. They're kind of dispersed around it evenly um, because they don't want to draw them all to one spot because they're afraid it'll cause the wall to collapse. But Ron says he just wants to learn more, and Carl says he will learn more. So then we go to Morgan, who goes to Dr. Denise, and she offers him oatmeal. 
Yeah, he was getting his gumption up to go ask for right. help for his uh, wounded But we don't know that. Buddy. We don't know that. We, we just know, know that, that he's the sitting there. Right. Yeah. Um, she, he's got some kind of wound on his arm, so she's like, do you need me to look at your arm? I thought... No, that was, at, that was the next time he goes. This time... When he, yeah. There, too, she asks if he wants oh, okay. her to look at his arm. Because I know Rick walks fine. by and says, let's talk. And right. And but I assumed right there that he was going for the psychiatry part of it because I thought he was having some, you know, because she's a psychiatrist, not a not a medical doctor in that well, way. Well, see, crazy doesn't know it's crazy, so I don't buy that. Well, I thought maybe he, because you can see he's kind of conflicted about something the whole time, and I thought maybe he was conflicted about his feelings or whatever since we'd seen that other he's episode. He's pretty much decided that he's going to take this, all life is precious as far as he can take it. Well, Rick comes by and says he wants to talk to Morgan, and Morgan says, okay. So then we see Morgan sitting, like, in front of a panel of Rick, Michonne, and Carol. Yeah, he's been called on the carpet. Yeah, he has. Yeah. And Morgan says that he just didn't want to kill anybody. He didn't have to kill. And Carol... The thing about, though, this is it pisses me off is he's partially honest. He's honest enough to be believable because he says, I just don't know anymore. He told him, I just don't know anymore. I just don't know about things anymore. Well, see, that's what I believe. But, I believe that's why he wanted to go talk to Dr. But he's got this Denise. big, huge secret. Don't you think he should have taken that opportunity to say, you know what? Yeah. I kept one. But <laughs> I kept one like a puppy. I kept one. Um, yes, I do. But I felt like during this he was internally struggling because he didn't know what yet what he was going to do. So he was trying to figure out if he was going to kill that guy and go back on his all-life-is-precious thing, or... I felt like he was struggling, that he really didn't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he knew all along. He's decided that he wants to be the, uh, you know, the, the guy in the robe that doesn't kill anything walking the earth. I mean, he's, he's, he's... And I guess that's okay. I guess you can do that if you want to do it. You don't have to do it any other way. But you can't put yourself out as somebody that's a protector of other people in that situation. If people know that, you need to get out of their way, essentially, like Carol. If you're on your own and you don't give a flip about anybody else, that may be a you know something that you can... the way you can live. But you can't... Just, just what Rick told him while they were sitting there, he goes... Five people attacked me. Carol said, you let five go. Right. I mean, that's the, the, the thing they're trying to get across to them. Do you understand that this doesn't work? Well, right. And Rick almost lost his life. He was down the road, and they just attacked him. And they got away with guns, and they haven't even had guns until this point. They mm -hmm. were taking guns off the people that they killed in there. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, this was bad. This was not just, you yeah, know. Morgan. And it was Morgan's fault. This was yes, Morgan's this was direct, more, direct yeah, fault. Direct, and, his direct fault. You know, well, Rick killed those five, though, right? So, he those five are not going to come. They're done. No, they're not coming back. It's nothing. But <laughs> what I mean is the wolves are not going to have access to oh, the guns no, or anything no, no, like no, that. That's over. Yeah. Okay. Well, then we go to commercial and we come back and the horde is outside the wall and the building is breaking apart. This is the first time we see that. There's like a big steeple right outside the wall, some kind of like a towering steeple looking uh, building. And it's popping and cracking and it's loud and pieces of wood are flying yeah, off. They're going by and they're shaking the, 
the braces they've put up against the, right the regular wall and they're just totally oblivious to this thing falling apart you know the board ten feet away. almost hitting them in the head as they fall right know. and and it's just really really like literally 10 feet yeah, away I don't, I don't buy that no don't buy it Rick and Michonne are discussing getting the cars and leading the zombies away and Deanna comes up and gives him the plans for the expansion yeah I know, and she's happy yeah. with herself, and she's excited and beaming at the at the prospects for the future. She says and things will go on she, one way or another. Just, I mean, Miss Positive Attitude, Crazy Eyed, No Hair Conditioner, Deanna. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, I understand don't she's been through a rough time, but yeah, I don't she's know supposed that. to be the one in charge. The one in charge doesn't get to take these kind of. Well, I mean, anybody can take a mental breakdown if they have to, but the people in charge are usually the people who don't do that kind of thing. Then we go to this thing where Rosarita is uh, teaching people how to use a machete. Yeah. And poor old Eugene. He's afraid because they're doing it with open-toed shoes. <laughs> I mean, he's just afraid. He's awkward, and he's afraid. He's afraid of dying. She says dying's easy. Living's hard. We go through another one of these. Mm, yeah, yeah counseling sessions. Yeah, ph philosophical counseling sessions, which I don't want no philosophy from, no. from that kind of and, that kind of situation. And she's she's mean. I don't want no. Did you hear me what I said? I did. I don't want to. But she's mean. She's mean to no, every, not no, just to him, no, but to no, everybody. Yeah. Um, well, what's that's the way a militaristic instructor would be? Yeah, I understand that she has, that she, that she has to be tough but this was overkill and speechifying to me. I didn't like this scene. I agree. I didn't buy it. These are civilians. These are not military people. They're That's out there. They're right. trying to learn something. They're doing it. They're, they're not getting paid. They're not getting meals cooked for them. I mean, you know, they're getting skill, obviously, but it was just... I, I didn't buy that one. That wasn't a good one. I agree. Then we go to Enid, and she's in the bakery, and she's looking at these sad, decayed cakes. That might be the saddest thing I saw tonight. Behind the pretty glass and the cakes are just, they're just like three-year-old yeah. pitiful cakes. The zombie cake. <laughs> she starts to walk out, but Glenn grabs her from behind. He says he's not leaving here without her and that they're going back. Um... Something I meant to mention a while ago when zo when zombie when Glenn picked up that note to take to Betsy that was when he looked like he was resigned to going back for Enid too because he started to go across the fence and then he stopped and kind of looked back and he went the other way hmm. so I think that was when he was going back for Enid That's but but he says uh, he's not leaving without her. They're going back. And she says they're not friends. And he says he's doing it for Maggie because yeah. she wouldn't leave her behind. And then she pulls a gun. Yeah. She pulls a gun on, on Glenn. And we go to commercial and we come back. And, you know, you know it's supposed to be like some kind of big tense situation. But it just didn't feel really tense to me no. with her holding the gun. But Glenn tells her to give him the gun. She tells him to leave. He says she won't shoot him. She says she will. And he just walks up and yeah, gently yeah. takes the gun. She calls him a name. He says, let's go. She asks him why. And he says that half the herd broke off and they're headed toward home. And 
you know, she's like, this isn't her home. and all Yeah, that. I didn't like that whole, I don't, I don't like that whole interaction. I don't have much to say about that. I, then we go back to the house popping and wood being thrown everywhere outside the walls. And Rick's inside the walls boarding him up. And Tobin comes around and offers his help and says he thinks they could brace up the walls. And um, then we go to Enid and Glenn again. And she's killing a zombie on the side of the road. And she's being like a smart aleck, you know. She's like, what? To Glenn. And then she's real smart acidly asked if Maggie would have wanted her to do that. because. Did you say smart acidly? Yep, smart acidly. Hmm. I'm going to have to break out Webster's on you for that yeah, one. Yeah, I don't know. That, that might be a Michelleism. There's the green balloons that are on the side of the road that marked their way uh, where they were leading the zombies away. And, okay, this was kind of pitiful because she's distracted by the balloons. And it just goes to show us that she's just a child. So all this stuff that we're seeing, she's just a kid. The balloons make her go... Oh, balloons. And she gets them, and she says that they're to distract zombies or whatever. But I wrote down, or is it because she's still just a little girl in a way? She wants the balloons, the helium-filled balloons. Anyway, Glenn tells her that there's more string and helium and balloons in the shrubs. So we go back with Rick and Tobin, and they're looking at the dripping blood through the hole in the wall. And Rick says it doesn't mean anything if they keep the walls strong. Tobin tells Rick that things were slow before they got there, and now things are just going too fast. He's trying to explain, I guess, the animosity toward the group, right? Since they yeah. got there. But he says, um, now things are just going so fast, but don't give up on them. That Rick just scared them all. Essentially, he brought the knowledge and the fear and everything with him. And, but but not to give up on them. Then Glenn asks Enid who she stayed with back home. So they're having this conversation, and she says she stayed at Olive's place, uh, Olive's, at Olivia's place, but she's an orphan. And Glenn says, yeah, me too, probably. He's trying to relate to her, I think, in some way. And she said it's just what happens. So it's another one of these. I mean, she's just sad, and she's... You know, she's playing with balloons here, and it really made me feel bad for her. She and Glenn talk about her giving up and being scared, and he said, you honor the dead by going on. So it's another one of these, you know, we start getting into this philosophy conversation about what we're doing and why we need to do it and all that. And I, okay, I'm going to give this one a pass because he's talking to a kid. He's talking to somebody young. At least it's not adult to adult talking all the time, right? If you need to give some encouragement to a teenager, can you give that a pass or you can't? No, I kind of checked out. Like I said, during that whole thing, I would have let the herd continue to cull itself. Then we go to Olivia, who's in the pantry, and Ron distracts her by knocking some stuff off and then steals the ammunition that Rick wouldn't give him earlier. Yep. So that doesn't bode very well. Nope. No, he's, yeah, now he has unauthorized rounds. 
Glenn and Enid are back at Alexandria and they see all the walkers. This is the first time that they've seen what's actually going on back there. And Enid starts to run away with the green helium balloons tied to her back. She starts to run away. And um, she says the world's trying to die and they're supposed to just let it. But he said the world's are not gonna the world's not gonna die and he's not gonna let her die. Right, philosophy, philosophy. Yeah, she's a kid. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna pass this okay. one. He says the walls are up, the houses are up, and they'll find out the rest. Now this is where we see Rick seeing Spencer on the pulley. He's ninjaing himself, pulling himself. Now what had he done? He had thrown some kind of like grappling hook across to a building outside the wall. Another structure that's uh, over the first expanse of zombies. And he wants to... What do you call that? Where you, you're you hanging and you got your legs wrapped around it and you're, and you're like pulling with your hands. Uh, there's and, a term for it, but I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I can't remember. He, he, uh, he's doing it. He's doing it, and of course, it's just, it's set up so ridiculously. It's well, the hook gives way. I mean, otherwise, he'd have made it the entire way. But the hook, the hook... The hook starts falling. Yeah, it, and lets, it breaks, and, and... Well, first, it just snags, and it drops him down, so he's hanging. his connection fails. Right. And he ends up there against the wall. He ends up, actually, on the ground yeah. for a second. On the ground, against the wall. Which is some, where some more good uh, camera work comes in. Oh yeah, that was really good. Tara whips out her, you know, her, her pistola and starts popping zombies, and they're they're taking them out just up close and personal, and they get Spencer back up. Um, and everybody kind of kind of helps, comes to um, to Rick's aid. Yeah, that was some pretty. That was pretty tense. I actually enjoyed that scene. I thought yeah. that was a good scene. But Rick screams at Tara and says she, she flips him off. <laughs> now this tells two things. This may, there's two points about this. The first point is, do you remember where Tara came from? Yeah, Tara came from uh, the governor's. Right. Okay. So all automatically, she was kind of like a you know a suspect in their group, but but she integrated into their group so well. That she felt so comfortable with Rick that when she got scolded, she felt comfortable enough to flip him off. The second thing that it tells you is what you said earlier. These are not disciplined soldiers. These are not um, these are not uh, zombie killing gladiators as they appear to be when they encounter these large groups of zombies and they all just kind of go methodically to work. And they're just like they're not a well-oiled, disciplined military fighting machine. They are just regular people. So when their their supposed leader calls her down, she doesn't uh, just accept her her admonishment. She flips him off. Right. She. Okay. First of all, I think Tara is part of the group now. When I think about Rick's group, I now think she Tara, is right. But where she came from, she absolutely, was. absolutely. So I, I get all that. She. I'm not sure that all of them really see Rick as the sole leader. I mean, I think they kind of defer to him. But yeah, he was never elected. By he, everybody. He was, and he went through such a spell of 
He is kind of like the de facto leader. Yeah, but remember for a while he's like planting tomato plants and he doesn't want to do any of that. And he's Mm -hmm. telling everybody else, you're the leader, you're the leader and everything. I don't know. Maybe that has something to do with it, too. I I agree. Everybody does kind of think of Rick as the leader, but... He kind of established himself as the leader here when that night when uh, Dana's husband was killed and he brought the zombie into the group where they were having a debate on whether to throw him out or not. Right. And he gave him the little speech about who's going to keep him safe. And then um, Dana's husband was killed, and, and Dana looked up at him and told him to put down, um, uh, what is it, Jesse's husband? Yeah, I can't remember his name. Yeah, but that's her name, right? Jesse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So then he turns to Spencer, and Spencer's saying he's just trying to get to a car. He's trying to help. Why wouldn't he tell somebody what he's going to do in place of just doing it by himself? You know, which yeah. is what Rick asked. Yeah, but then he he made his own case. He answered that, that question for you. He said, well, you know, if I had come to you, would you have let me? No, you. he wouldn't have listened to him. So then we go to commercial and we come back. And this is where Morgan's going back to see Dr. Denise. And they have a conversation. He's asking about antibiotics. Is there plenty and everything? And uh, she says that there's plenty of antibiotics there. And he asks about an infection. He says that he came earlier because he has a secret and he didn't want to get her involved if he didn't Mm -hmm. have to. But now I think he's decided to. And then you see them walking away. Mm -hmm. Well, not only do we see them walking away, Carol Carol follows them. Yes, Carol and baby Judith are are on the... Hot pursuit. Yep. So Carol takes Judith to Jess and asks her to watch Judith again. Evidently, Jess is pitching in and, you know, helping out with the baby, which is really good. Um... But she doesn't tell her why. She tells her because she's got to be on the lookout, is what she tells her. So she lies to her. So tell me about this scene with Sam. Sam's still upstairs. And he hollers down to Carol. And he asks, what happens if you can't live with it? And she says, it eats you up. And... He has really taken Carol's words to heart, mm-hmm. you know. I really don't think I like what Carol has... I like Carol, everything about her, most of the time. Well, not everything, but I like Carol. I don't like what she what she's done to Sam. She's hardened him. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that. He asks yeah. about the people who came and if they're monsters, if his dad's a monster. And she says the only thing that prevents you from becoming a monster is killing. Now... Is that a great thing to tell a little kid? The only thing that prevents you from com- becoming a monster is killing? Well, I mean, it's situational awareness. I mean, in that situation, maybe that's that's what he needs to hear. Um, I don't think he's going to take that as killing. I mean, she doesn't say killing who or killing what. She just says the only thing that prevents you from becoming a monster is killing. And I don't think that's a good thing to tell a little kid in this situation. I think that's going to come back and bite her. So she's going into the cell and Morgan's coming out. She gets away and she goes into the cell and Morgan's coming out and she asks who he has in there. Then it flashes to a scene where Ron is behind Carl and he's pulling the gun out of his back. He's following, you know, at a little distance from Carl. Then we go to Michonne, and she's sitting on the steps looking at the expansion plans. 
what did you think about the way she was looking at him? Was it like, what on earth? Or I don't know. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I I'm not able sure. To read that. I wasn't either. Then Tara goes up to Rick and asks about Doctor Denise, and he's not seen her. But he apologizes for how he treated her earlier, and she said she wasn't even thinking about it. It's what they do. They help each other. Well, about this time, Deanna comes up and thanks Rick, and Rick says it was all Tara. You need to thank Tara, and Deanna says she has thanked Tara, and now she's thanking him. And Rick is, Rick is, um, frustrated. Yeah, and he's trying to, uh, he's trying to make the case that he's dark and mysterious, and, and <laughs> you should leave him alone. Well, and and she's making the case that no, he cares about people. That's why he saved Spencer. Not, not that was that was his that was his first intuition was to save Spencer, and it didn't matter. She just not, she's not buying the fact. That right. The only reason that he saved Spencer was that was because that Spencer was her son. He's not he's not going for that, or she's not going for right. that. Right. But that's that's what she tells him. Well, Rick says that when Spencer failed, it created essentially a diversion for the yeah, zombies, and he yeah. could have gotten away and gotten a to a window car where and handled he that he and all that yeah. Kind of stuff. Yeah. And Indiana said, "No, no, you didn't save him. You didn't. You, but you didn't do that." Right. But he says, "I just did that because why, why did you he was your him? son." And right. She goes, no, no. Right. Wrong answer. So then we have a moment of relief. We get our moment of relief. Everyone looks up, and we see green balloons floating in the air. And, okay, imagine that for just a minute. Nine Luft balloons. Remember? I do remember. Okay. Let me sing it. No. Do you know the words? Yeah. I bet you don't. Well, I don't know. I don't know all those words, because nah. half of them are in another language. So, um, I have a hard enough time speaking English. Mm-hmm. But imagine what that would be. This is a world where you don't get a lot of visual effects of stuff like that, right? There's nothing... Yeah, visual positive reinforcement. Or even visual negatives, unless you're seeing things like smoke from a fire or something. Or intestines. Yeah, but I'm talking about things like up in the air. There's, there's no distractions in the air. There's no airplanes. There's no, you know, nothing man-made, artificial, up in the air, ever. Right. So and, they see balloons. But they see balloons. Big, and bright green balloons. Right. And suddenly, you know, they're just given this... this Moment of hope. This gift. Yep. Combined with knowing that it's Glenn. That's Glenn's sign. So, I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, everybody in there. That's when I felt my Glenn moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Everyone is momentarily elated. Maggie says it's Glenn, but it's a very, very momentary mm-hmm. because the building at falls that down. moment, <laughs> at that moment, the building falls down and and knocks falls into the wall. Couldn't fall the other way. Had to fall into the wall and it's like takes the neighbor's out a, pine trees <laughs> in, in our yard. Um, takes out a big chunk of the wall. Yep, and from the. The previews for next week, you see the zombies coming in. I mean, it's it, it's it's like they were just right outside that that door, just waiting. Well, they were waiting to get in there. Um, yeah, but spoilers for next week. If you don't want to hear this, then uh, then this is the end. So don't listen. But next week is the mid-season finale. Mm-hmm. It's just chaos. We essentially see chaos. There's walkers all inside the gate, and it's not a few walkers. It's a bunch of walkers. They've all, they're all just like congregating in there. You see, like, 
I mean, it's half the hoard, I guess, mm-hmm. is what it is. And things don't look good. I'm a little bit worried about what kind of cliffhanger they might leave us, considering that next week is the end. Well, it's the mid-season finale, so they'll probably leave us a pretty good cliffhanger. Yeah, but I mean, it won't be back on till I don't think I know when. Have you heard? No. Well, next week it's a normal time limit, just 61 minutes, so um, the only clue I found was that the threat now might be too big to defeat. That was one of the Hmm. only things that I saw about it. Well, did we cover everything that you wanted to cover in tonight's episode, Heads Up? Yes. Okay, well, we hope you'll connect with us here at Tribal Rant and become part of our The Walking OG podcast. My Twitter is at Michelle from TN, and Mike and I are sharing one Twitter right now, so he can be reached at the same. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash tribalrant. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn, so subscribe to us and keep in touch. Please like us and rate us if you like what we're doing, and of course all this information is on tribalrant.com where you can email us or leave us a message. We always love to hear from you and get your feedback. So we only have one episode left. It's entitled Start to Finish. So I guess you could take that any way you wanted to. We're all real excited about it. (laughs) You didn't sound real excited. Well, I'm doing my best. Okay, are you? Okay, well, I guess we'll come back next week then. Okay. See you then. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.